Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and my guest this week is Umfaniso Udofia, whose double bill of two new plays, Run Boy Run and In Old Age, opened at New York Theatre Workshop this week. The plays are part of her nine-part saga known as the Ufat Cycle. It traces the journey of a family of Nigerian immigrants and begins with their arrival in this country in the 1970s, which was chronicled in her earlier play, Sojourners, and the cycle will, she says, follow members of the Ufat family into the future. The current productions, which focus on the family patriarch, disciple, and matriarch Abasiyama, are now scheduled to run through mid-October. Hello, Mfaniso Udofia. Welcome to Broadway Radio. Hello. I usually start these conversations by asking our guests to describe the play we're going to be discussing. But I want to start off a little bit differently today because your plays, Run Boy Run and In Old Age, are part of a larger project uh, called the Ufat Family Cycle. And I'd like you to tell our listeners a little bit about what the cycle is first. So the cycle, uh, as you just said, is, is nine plays, and I am tracking uh, one family who came here. Uh, 1978 is when they first landed from Aquaibum, uh, Nigeria, into the United States. They came in through Houston, Texas. I'm particularly focused on the matriarch, Abasiyama Ufat, and how they build a legacy and lineage and that will, uh, I, I'm going to be following them over the course of 100 years. So some of the plays will be well into the future. Uh, and what it takes for them to build, uh, like I said, legacy here in the United States when these are immigrants who had no intention of staying inside America when they first came. So, yeah, nine plays. Wow. Where did you get the idea for this project? Uh, it did not start off as big as this. <laughs> <laughs> I started off by writing one play, which is called The Grove, and then I became fascinated by the protagonist of that play. Her name was Adiaga. I became fascinated by Adiaga's parents and uh, fascinated by people who left everything to create and knew everything in a, in, a, in a place they'd never been before. So it was just, yeah, it started off with one play, then it grew to three, then five, and then nine. And when I said the number nine, I put a period on the end of it, going, it's not going to grow any more than that. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's kind of how it started. How many of the plays have you have you written already? I, I've seen three so far. You've seen three. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have, I'm in the middle of writing the seventh now. Wow. So I have about two and a half to go. How do you choose the stories you want to tell about this family? Because that's a very large canvas and lots of things happen to all families and lots of things, judging on the the plays I've seen, lots of things have happened to this particular family. So how do you determine which of their stories you want to focus on in each play? 
So I knew with the origin story, I was, which is so generous, I was interested on the impetus to come to the country. Mm -hmm. And then um, another story that happens is like, um, what what actually, and this will be in Run Boy Run, like what actually were the, um, sorry, me and words right now, <laughs> what was the patriarch fleeing or, or uh, needing to leave behind? So that becomes another story to understand how he got to America. How did Abbasiyama, the matriarch, get to America? That's one story. How did the patriarch become who the patriarch is? That's another story. And then after that, you've got the kids. And when, like, uh, I kind of zoom in on the kids as they're starting to become adults and figuring out what self-identification really is. And they have to decide whether they're going to be like their parents or be uh, or identify as more American. That's another story. So I'm sort of picking the pivot points in a uh, hundred years where the lineage could either die or or blow forward, hmm. grow even more. Now, so, mm -hmm. you were born in Texas, so you're, you're an American kid. But part of the show, part of the cycle goes back to Nigeria. Did you have to do research? Did you have to read about experiences in Nigeria or travel to Nigeria to get the context for your place? I do a lot of research, even on the shows that are set in America. I'm a researcher, so I like to, even if I think I know, I like to know even more just in case they don't really know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when it came to uh, the one play right now that exists, that takes us into something that is not uh, set in America, uh, that's Run Boy Run, and even then you'll see it's tricky uh, when you see this play because it's it's still happening within America. We're looking at something that's kind of traumatic. So Nigeria is following him everywhere. And I, I had to do a lot of research on what the Biafran War was. And I have stories, like family members of mine have stories from that time. So I have uh, anecdotal uh, histories. But I really needed to research and understand the makings of a war, mm -hmm. which then, of course, takes me back into understanding how Africa itself was partitioned, how Nigeria came to look the way Nigeria looked like, um, and then some of the political infightings that led to the first modern African war, which was the Biafran War. I had to put all of that foundation into my head, but I had an experiential storytelling knowledge of what that war was. Mm -hmm. You've already uh, uh, alluded a bit to Run Boy Run. So that and In Old Age are the two newest plays, at least, that are being uh, produced. Would you right. now just sort of summarize briefly for those who haven't yet seen them what they are about? So Run Boy Run is Disciple's play, and Disciple is the patriarch of the Ufat family. And I am looking at the question for me in that play is, when does uh, trauma become tradition and what do we have to do in order to heal from trauma? And should we even engage in it? Like, how do we heal and what is the right way to heal? And once you discover what that is, should you be doing that? Those are the, the questions of Run Boy Run. And I am looking at a, a, a man 
who doesn't realize it, but has been reliving the most traumatic day of his life in the Biafran War over and over and over, and has dragged that into his life here in America, and has no idea that he's done it. And what what meets what what happens between him and his wife? Who does not know that uh, this is what happened to her husband? Because just like here. Most people who've lived through a war don't walk around talking about it ad infinitum. Who doesn't know exactly what is plaguing her husband? And when she finds out, they have to figure out how they're going to walk through this crisis together, if they're even going to still be together to walk through it. Uh, so that, <laughs> in the tightest <laughs> nutshell, I know how, <laughs> how to do this one, one way wrong. Is. Right. And then in old age, because there are two shows that are being uh, shown in tandem. So, Right. In old age is definitely Abbasiyama's play. Uh-huh. And Abbasiyama is the matriarch of the Ufa family. And she has been by disciple's side for all of her American life. And as you can see, or as you heard me say, Disciple is living with real ghosts and traumas, and that has led to extraordinarily abusive behaviors. And so for Abbasiyama, the question of in old age is, what do I need? How do I clean out my house? How do I ready myself uh, to enter the next stage of living outside of the realm we understand living to be? What do I need to do to cleanse myself of an abuse so that I can live the last days of my life in peace? And it also asks the question of, because uh, there's another character in there, Azel, it's a two-hander. Mm-hmm. If you once inflicted abuse on somebody, what is the work you need to do to be absolved? What does re- redemption look like? And uh, is absolution even possible? Is that the end that you should be working towards? Now, these plays, uh, as I just said, are performed in tandem in one performance. There's Run, Boy, Run, then there's an intermission, and then In Old Age. And I was wondering why the, the, the decision to couple them? Because we're going to be tracking, uh, there's 25 years between the two plays. Mm-hmm. And we found an incredible actress. Her name is Patrice. Uh, and Patrice will be embodying Abbasiaba in Run, Boy, Run and embodying her in, in Old Age. And it became really important to see what happens when you're living under that kind of duress over an amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you can see how the, bottle, the body brittles up and then what she needs to do to then... Uh, uh, come alive again. So really, it's the tracking of this woman, even though even though uh, Run, Boy, Run, you are really understanding what happened to Disciple, you're, you're going to be watching on one body what you have to do over the course of time to get back to yourself. Uh, interesting. And this uh, this actress is Patrice Johnson, and I, I yes. don't know how to pronounce her, her, her last name. Uh, in in the playbill, it's listed Patrice Johnson Chavans, <laughs> and I say Chavans, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. And if she hears this, she might yoke me up and go, <laughs> "You've known me for too long to not know how to say that name." So, yeah. <laughs> and she is she is really quite wonderful. The entire evening, she's the only the only actor who is in both productions, and you've given her 
a real challenge because both call on her to really be present. I I know. I have. <laughs> it is a monster. She is incredible, and I think she's doing exceptional work. It's one of those things that's fulfilling for us to see. I also want to say deep thanks because I know how hard it is to do. And I've been with her on the rehearsal process and going, she's putting her all into doing these and sometimes four times in one day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because of matinees. Yeah, two shows. Yeah. Did you write the part with her in mind? Did you know her before? Or did you have auditions for this part? We did have auditions for this part. Wow. So I don't know that I wrote with any one particular mm-hmm. person fully in mind. But we had auditions for this part and she came in and she blew it out of the water. Now, the plays that that we're seeing, these two plays, you just said there's a 25-year gap between the Mm -hmm. two. So there are other plays, I'm assuming, in the cycle that come between them, yes? Exactly, exactly. If you were, like, looking at these plays in a chronological order, you're seeing number three and you're seeing number eight. Oh. Oh. There's quite a bit that's happened in the middle mm-hmm. you don't need to know those plays to see and understand what's happening at the workshop if you did know those plays you would have a full understanding of why abbasiyama seems so hard in an old age um because there is a lot of living in those in that time in that 25 years before we get to that play in old age have you written them in in order or uh, in, in the sequence, in a chronological sequence? No, I have not written them. I do have the matrices in my on my computer, so I know where I'm going. <laughs> uh, I'm not like writing into an ether, but I definitely wrote the beginning and the ending first, huh. once I knew what the arcing was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I gave myself goalposts, because there are certain motifs that have to weave all the way through. So I opened the motif, did part of the middle, and then zoom to the end so that I understood the arcing, and then I'll go into the middle place and fill in. You've obviously been writing this cycle for a while, but I am wondering if the current debate over immigration has had any effect on either your writing of uh, the plays that have not yet been set, or in the productions as you've been in rehearsal? I started writing these plays before the immigration uh, debate became as hot as it is now. Interestingly, I think there are uh, people in this country who always feel the immigration debate as hot. Mm. It's just blown into the mainstream national consciousness. Uh, And so there are, and I'm going to speak specifically as myself, there are, I believe, to be some particular xenophobic strains in this country that have always been here. And it's just now blowing forward politically. So this, for me, was saving it in 2009. And now that we, it is part of um, the national discourse, it makes my place feel even more <laughs> like I on the nose for what's happening right now. But I was writing them before this moment because bodies are affected by this before we were talking about it. So I find that people do come up to me and go, did you write this for this moment? And I, I 
generally say this moment has been the moment for many for a while. I started this quite a bit earlier, but I'm very, very happy that they're helping us to uh, further understand humanity uh, behind immigrants who are coming into this country and immigrants that we don't always necessarily think of, specifically African immigrants, and the cost that it takes to build in a country the love, the terror, the suffering, the uh, joy. So if it, if, if it helps, if the plays help to broaden our understanding of the immigrant experience, wonderful. Uh, but they were not made with that in mind. <laughs> now, you started out training as an actor. Yes, and, I did. And I I have seen you uh, uh, perform. I saw you in Ngozi Anyanwu's uh, Homecoming Queen. Yes. And um, I'm wondering, how has your training as an actor affected your writing? <laughs> yeah. This is a great question. It's, I think, also what makes some of my plays so difficult. Going, I wanted to write plays. I thought that I was going to write plays that I would one day be in. And so I was writing deeply complicated, uh, technically difficult work that I thought that I would want to do. And then I realized fairly quickly that I, I did not want to be in my own work very much. And it is very, very hard to edit a play in production while being within it. And so I was mm. like, no, let me not be nuts. So some some of my plays, you have quick pivots in uh, like micro-emotional work that are happening. Uh, they're extraordinarily physical in certain places. I'm being hyper-demanding of bodies that don't usually get asked to do much except for be some sort of foil or prop or tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm asking these bodies to be completely 3D and animated and human and on top of it physical. Like for those of you who will see in old age, we don't get to see older black bodies doing that kind of labor and work to an end. So I, I was thinking like an actor going, what do you want to do? What would an actor like to do? What is hard for an actor to do to keep us engaged? And that is a propulsion behind the work as well. And uh, some days I'm like, it's difficult, but I think it's rewarding. Clearly it's rewarding for the actors because you've drawn out uh, wonderful performances and it's um, also rewarding for those of us who uh have uh, or will have the chance to see it. So um, I want to thank you uh, for the plays. Looking forward to the future plays. Um, thank you. And, uh, and thank you for doing this interview and talking with us about them. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time and that you'll consider supporting this show and all the other Broadway radio podcasts with a contribution via our Patreon page. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can find the page and some extras at patreon.com slash broadwayradio.